Do you want to do it, Meg, or you want me to do it? You you, <laughs> you can do it if you want. <laughs> uh, you've got a better Harley, so like that's why I'm like, if you want to, you can. I can do it then. That, now do I feel it. like really self conscious about it. Before I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> now I'm overthinking it. You're gonna talk like uh, John Malkovich. It's gonna come out real bad. <laughs> Behind you, you, every woman, you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> This is birds of prey. <laughs> you know what they say. Behind every successful man is a badass broad, and behind every badass broad is fun fiction. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fun Fiction, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the asshole nobody likes, Scotty Moore. And they call me the crossbow killer, but actually, I'm Megan Danger. Oh, the singer lady woman. (laughs) 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 You're that singer that nobody listens to. (laughs) Asshole no one likes. Oh my god. (laughs) We 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 have a guest. We have a guest on our show, and instead of introducing them properly, we just threw them in and made made them introduce themselves, <laughs> like yeah. like dickheads do. Welcome to the show, JV Hamtan Vincent <laughs> Van Halen. All right, that's a pronunciation of my name. <laughs> we'll go with it. Um, no, yeah. That's me, J.V. Hampton Van Sant, the Black Canary Stan. Y'all know it. Y'all love it. If you weren't at work, I was almost going to guarantee you were going to come and cosplay. Like, even though it's an audio medium. We were we were going back and forth saying, like, what were the odds? What were the betting odds? <laughs> if I didn't have to go to my day job and had time to do the makeup correctly, I would have. This is not a job where, like, I'm worried if I cosplay. Like, I've done that, like, I mean, shit. I actually did a photo shoot here in the Black Canary outfit. Oh, so so you so what you're saying is you have no excuse and you were just being lazy. My excuse was my other day job and anxiety attacks. But all right, we'll go with it. <laughs> Welcome to our show, where we just we invite you on and we're just assholes. Um, so I'm just gonna shit on the guests. So, JV, what what other what other po- podcasts? You're from podcasts. I'm from podcasts. It's <laughs> correct. Um, so I've had you both on, um, both on one of my shows, and one of you has been on the other. Despite the fact that that one is in hiatus until I can figure out how to make it work again, it's fine. Um, wannabe film buffs is the one that only one of you has been on, and JV reads the tea. Um, is the other one which you both have been on, which uh, is fun because I read people's tarot cards. That's uh, what that show is, and it's very exciting, and it gets real deep and real weird very quickly. You're you're doing an excellent job of holding it together and describing the show while Scotty put put pigtails on. Oh, that was fun. I just wanted to get into character. One of us has to come and cosplay. 
I can't do pigtails. I'm looking at my camera right now. I really, I just cannot do pigtails. You look like Angelica Pickles. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So we're here to talk about Birds of Prey. The Harley Quinn <laughs> spin-off film that was better than the film it was spinned off from. So much Fuck better. Yeah. Immeasurably. It was just... Th- <sighs> now is the point where I reveal to everybody listening, yes, this movie came out in February. Yes, I have seen it 12 times. Yes, four of those were in theaters, two of which were on dates. Um, Really good movie to test to see whether or not the person you're going to date is cool. Oh my god, yes. That is this is a very good litmus test movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If they're like, fuck yes, this movie is excellent, they're a keeper. Keep them forever. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have any problems with this movie whatsoever, no. No, don't keep them. They they go I, far I away. Have, okay. <laughs> we, I will get my one problem with this film out right away. It's the fact that they punked out Victor Zaz like a bitch because he's real. such an interesting character and he sucks in this film. He's really quiet in a way that's deeply alarming, which I thought they did on purpose, but then I, I sort of realized halfway through, I don't think they did this on purpose. And it sucks because in Gotham, he's played by one of my favorite actors whose name I don't know. Ooh, and. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's great in Gotham, and then here he's he's, he's real good meh. in Gotham. He's real good in Gotham, and so fucking creepy. But like this one, he's like he's creepy, but he's creepy in like a sex pest kind of way. Yeah, and I hate when he's played by he's played by a hot guy too. I hate when um <laughs> when he's played, when he's played by like well, he's, I think he's hot. Silver Fox, baby. Hot. I'm sorry. No, you're I can't right. Help he it. is. Um, but yeah, but when when people that I find like hot are being creepy, and it's just like, no, I don't like yeah. this. This crosses wires. That's me with David Tennant in Harry Potter. Oh, that's real. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm attracted because you're just sticking that dirty tongue out so much. But also, I just don't like this. Wait, David Tennant was in. Yeah, he's um. What's his face's son? He's fucking Matthew Gray Goobler. No, that's not his character's name. That's um, a, as an actor. <laughs> that is a human being. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a human man. Um, <laughs> Crouch. Barty Crouch. Crouch. Barty plays, Crouch. Yeah. That's oh. it. Where the fuck did Barty Matthew Cr- I'm gonna be real. I haven't seen that in so long, and I guess I'm not going to now. Woo! Yeah, no, yeah. Fuck that forever. Also, my last mention of Harry Potter will be just something for Megan, and it is the fact that David Tennant plays Barty Crouch the Third, the Rumble, and he's gonna take down the money play. I'm infuriated. I'm fucking infuriated, and I cannot handle it. Um, But there's your tie-in. There is your tie-in. You want to bet on a man fucking a a muggle? No, wait, no. You want to bet on a man fucking a wizard? Muggle plane. (laughs) Muggle plane. But, okay, back back to Birds of Prey. Despite the fact Zaz sucks, can we just talk about the fact that, yeah, that, that on, on archive of our own Zaz fucks. <laughs> oh, of oh, Zaz course. does fuck. Of Without a doubt. And then he puts a scar for every person he fucks. You have this movie full of 
just really great, excellent lady pairings, and so so much in the the fan fiction in that tag is just Zaz and Ewan McGregor's character, whose name I've already forgotten. It's just the two of them fucking, because people just just love to make the two white boys fuck. Yeah. Well, I will say, like, I like the tactic of not making this film, like, her fighting the Joker or her fighting, like, any big character. Like, because it's kind of a smart tactic, because now we no longer care about the villain. We want to see the Birds of Prey. Yeah. But also, Ewan McGregor does so fucking good in this film being the worst human being, and I love him. Yeah, it's nice when you get to see actors, especially like Ewan McGregor, when they get like very pigeonholed into very specific kind of roles, get to do like different shit like that, and just just be an absolute bastard, and you could tell like he's having a very good time. Yes, oh, yeah. he's probably one of my highlights of the film, surprisingly enough. But then again, everyone is a highlight in this film. This movie is a testament to just giving people the free reign to do something and be creative. Seldom does that go fully wrong when you have people for whom this is a passion project and they actually care about what they're doing. Like nothing yeah. about this felt like we're doing this for the money. Not a single person in this movie felt like they were just doing it for yeah. the paycheck. Yeah, this was not the uh, this was not the scene in Endgame where they were like, "Hey, look, all the women on screen at once." Anyways, back to dude fight. <laughs> Despite the fact that yes, that is my favorite scene of all of Endgame. Like just simply because they're all like, "Oh, Peter Parker needs to be protected," but that's like, <laughs> it is. It's like here are all of Peter's moms. <laughs> it's like we <laughs> Peter Parker's mom group. <laughs> So birds of prey. prey, though. Let's. I, here's the thing. Like sometimes we do like to go through the plot. It's both a complex plot and not at all. It's just like they're looking for a diamond that needs to be shit out by a little girl. <laughs> the end. But also, like Harley Quinn is feeling herself. You know. Yeah, Harley Quinn's going through some shit. Mr. J left her. She's every she's every woman. She blows up fucking it's Ace all Chemicals in, in the first ten minutes. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Harley's chaotic energy is just a beautiful. That's why thing. I I like the way the film is done mm. because there's moments where Harley's just like, wait, hold on, I gotta go back like three days just to cover a few things, and it's very like almost Tarantino-esque how much time shifts, but it's because Harley's a fucking crazy person, and that's how she would tell the story. Oh, yeah. And I like that. It's one of those, like, oh, fuck, I forgot to, like, let you know about all of the other people in this story, so let me cover how <laughs> I got here, and then let mm-hmm. me cover how everybody the fuck else got here, and, like, it just so happens that all of them are neatly woven together. Like, their, their story yeah. is fine. It's very simple. It's just all comes together real easy or but like hers is like i don't know i've been going through it because i guess because at the end of the day she is the center of this movie and i'll be honest and i know this is a Mm cop-out but i feel like a lot of if you have problems with the film can be attributed to harley being a shitty narrator like for me the moment where um why can i not remember cop lady's name renee montoya 
Yeah, when Montoya gets kicked off the force. Like, Montoya's character is very basic 80s cop. And that's just because that's how Harley sees her. Mm -hmm. So when she tells the story, obviously when she gets kicked off the force, it's not, hey, I'm sorry. It's, give me your gun and your badge. It's done. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck. It's very generic. That's just because that's how Harley thinks. Mm -hmm. And also, like, it did technically make sense because she did technically do all of the things that they fired her for. Um, Yeah. And also, just because of sexism, like, it makes perfect sense. Like, they were looking for a reason to, like, kick her ass out because just, of course they were. I shaved my balls for this. Yeah. (laughs) I love her so much. She is one of my, like, I love that she existed in this film. I will say she does occasionally feel like she was there for exposition, like, almost exclusively, which is fine. Sometimes you do, especially with superheroes, just need that character. But, like, I don't know. But I like it because they played with it. Because she's almost, like, a parody of Amanda Waller, who was very, like, by-the-books cop. And in this one, she does do that, but then they make fun of her for it. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, she's just like, shut the fuck up and then she's like fighting them drunk it's hilarious oh yeah uh that was like one of the couple like if i had to have any issues with the movie it was like because i know like the character of renee montoya from the comics i'm like a really big Mm -hmm. fan of that she's the that she takes up the mantle of like the question who i was a big fan of when i was a little kid from the cartoons because he's like deranged um he's <laughs> he's so good he's like a feral version of batman i love him that is an apt descriptor of the question mm. <laughs> and so um you know renee becomes a new question and you know she's gay and representation and all of that great stuff Fuck and yeah. so this is not an accurate mm-hmm. version of that character like she's interesting and stuff and it was like cool because it's like oh it's it's renee montoya but it's it's not yeah. It's it's something different yeah. from the movie, and so it's like maybe not frustrating isn't the word because it's like oh I want to see but I want to see like that version. And it's the same thing with naming the our, our our little the little girl thief Cassandra Kane. Yeah, that that is actively frustrating. That is maybe the only part of the movie <laughs> where I was like, now why would you go and do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Of all of the things that like weren't a giant issue for me, it was having Cassandra Kane not be an Asian stereotype. <laughs> like yeah. as she is typically in everything else. Like which That's is fair. why That's yeah. fair. <laughs> like it, it, like literally it just it, it's and also like the concept of I also get like why that like, made she people could, mad. Like, she could just mm-hmm. be but that's the thing. She could just be her own thing. That's, I guess yeah. that's what my thing is. Like, just give her her mm-hmm. own name and let her be her own person instead of, like, giving mm-hmm. her this name it and, was like... Co- it was comic baiting. It was to get in the people who were familiar with the names and said, oh, I want to see this person on screen. Then they get there and they're like, it's like fucking Zaz. It's like, that's not Zaz. Mm-hmm. That's not Zaz. I will say, my favorite thing about him, though, mm-hmm. is as the film goes on, you do see as he starts getting more scars on him on his face. And it's like, oh, fuck. He's been killing. He's been taking <laughs> motherfuckers out. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just now, feel like can... instead of like making her character have to like carry that weight like associated with the name and have people be like that or have me sit and be like, no, 
like just give her her own name and let her do her own thing i don't know i can see that i can see it it's one of those like i don't know at the end of the day i like seeing a take on a character that like is one that has existed for a while but is different than the one that's existed for a while particularly when the one that's existed for a while isn't even allowed to speak in fiction in the things that oh god which like there's just a lot of shit with the one that has previously existed where i'm like i could see also actively desiring to correct some of those things and by correct i do mean just play with and make fun Mm -hmm. because she's funny as hell and i love her so much (laughs) oh yeah i mean she's great like absolutely Mm -hmm. I, i loved her like she's funny and adorable and great and yes like comics cassandra kane Absolutely has, like, problematic elements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a character who I did not like in my first viewing, but the second viewing I grew to love. And it's Huntress, the biggest fucking nerd on the planet. <laughs> you didn't like Huntress at first? I'll be honest, first time anything without Harley on screen, I didn't like. <laughs> but then the second time I was like, okay, no, I get it all of this fucking rules Mm -hmm. and huntress is my favorite because she got such big homeschooled energy (laughs) it's my favorite thing on the planet absolutely (laughs) like the scene uh the scene near the what's her actual name i always forget it (laughs) helena bertinelli (laughs) yeah the scene near the end where she's like i am and then montoya interrupts helena bertinelli (gasps) Motherfucker! <laughs> like, I just want to say Huntress. She's trying her best. <laughs> She's so lovely, and I like her so mm-hmm. much. Um, I like the energy that she has of like. I don't actually know why I'm in this movie. Like, most, like, like, <laughs> she stumbled in yeah. from a different movie about, you know, revenge and angst and darkness. And she's just like, I don't know what the fuck Her. I'm doing here. <laughs> Which is also mm-hmm. funny because... They didn't get a single goddamn thing wrong with her. Like, as a character, like, they got her fully correct. And I just, I was like, wow. Um, Absolutely. I can't argue with how y'all did this. You did her correctly, but also, damn. Um, I do see why it was weird to, like, why she didn't, like, necessarily get along with, like, 90% of Gotham, which, like, is the thing in comics that I like about her is that she's, like, she is heavily focused on revenge for a good chunk of it, and also just has no real moral compass um, <laughs> other than yeah. revenge, uh, which I don't know if that's, I don't know if that counts a moral compass, but all right. Also, I just love that, like, within the fiction, she becomes a school teacher. Like, I just, <laughs> she oh, yeah. goes from everything we saw in this movie to she is a school teacher, and I just love that. I love that so much. Also, because knowing your school teacher could fucking kill anybody makes me feel kind of like, I don't know, it's just interesting. It also took me a very long time to realize that's Ramona fucking Flowers because she, her voice has changed. Mm-hmm. Her face structure has changed. Oh, little. Every, it, no. Yeah, I, it oh. does not. She's got a rounder face in Scott. Well, because she's a baby. Yeah. She's got a rounder face in Pilgrim, and here years. it's slimmed out. Yeah, like she has grown up, is yes. just what has happened. And I didn't note, recognize her either. That was oh. why, yeah. I, I love her, and I would know her anywhere. And when me and RJ were sitting in the theater watching her beat the shit out of dudes in an abandoned funhouse, 
it was just like mm. we were both just sitting there just like ah. <laughs> I'm so glad we can just enjoy things together <laughs> <laughs> Let's just which uh, by the way that is the place to end a fucking Harley Quinn film. This epic dark demented funhouse mm-hmm. was the best shit. I loved every fight in this movie because it's kind of like John Wick. Every fight was different. You had the rain fight. You had Harley just shooting motherfuckers with glitter. You had uh, Harley putting on skates in the middle of a fight. And they were shot really fucking well. Like, they were shot in a really satisfying manner. (laughs) This is where I will point out, same fight choreographers as John Wick, hence why they had that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. This makes so much, because I was literally, when I saw it, I was calling it, like, Looney Tunes John Wick. Oh, God, that's a good description. That's it, 110%. It's just such a pretty film, too. It really is. Like, the moment she blows up Ace Chemicals and fireworks start shooting off, and then, like I said, the entire fight scene that's nothing but glitter and powdered smoke, it's just so pretty. It is a Lisa Frank John Wick nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Should we talk about Harley next and just walk away from our mics and let JV go off on Black Canary (laughs) to lead in? Or should we talk about her now? Because, oh my God, she's the fucking best. Journey Smollett steals this film. <laughs> just <laughs> full, I was like, okay, actually is this just her movie? Like I like yeah. even though she again only has a few scenes in it, every time she's there and on screen, she also even when she's on screen and not saying a damn thing. I just Yeah. Uh, she's and she good. she's really funny like in the beginning i thought she was gonna be really serious but as it goes on mm-hmm. she is so fucking funny and i'll be i wish there was more like i i know as it goes on it's going to dissect into a harley series and then a birds of prey series i hope i so. want more harley and black canary because this team up of just a pure badass and the biggest fuck up on the planet is my favorite thing ever. Hell yeah. The hair tie scene is just very good. Um, this is the <laughs> yeah. hair tie moment. I'm like, also, one of my favorite just facts about this movie is auditioning for this role, for the role of Black Canary, not necessarily realizing that, that singing would be involved and saying in the thing, oh yeah, I can sing. With the knowledge <laughs> that you'd never sung before in your life um, is ballsy, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> and and everything she's been in since then, she has sung in in the thing. She's done that in Lovecraft Country in the very first episode. Um, she did that yep. in her episode of uh, fuck. What was the um, is mystery science? Thi- no, that's not it. It was something like that. Like I don't remember what it was. I I feel so bad that I don't remember it because I watched it and it was really good, but it was literally about her being a singer. Twilight Zone? There we go. How, how the fuck could I not remember Twilight Zone? Jesus One Christ. One of the most iconic <laughs> shows. Like mystery Science. <laughs> it's like, how do I remember Mystery Science Theater 3000 before I remembered Twilight Zone? I just, in fairness, prior to this, I hadn't watched Twilight Zone ever. I don't know. Horror wasn't really my thing prior to, um... It's not really horror as much as it is just mind-fuckiness. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like a dude standing around being like, 
Wouldn't it be kind of fucked up if this happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get into uh, fan fiction, I, we gotta talk about Harley. Because this film fixed everything wrong with Harley and Suicide Squad. Because Suicide Squad was a film so bad that even Scotty, three drink deep on movie theater margaritas, wasn't <laughs> able to enjoy it. I That's think hilarious. I passed out halfway through the film. But it's I love it because, A, she's not just a goofy character. Like, there are some moments of legit fucking emotion coming from harley mm -hmm. and not like pretty girl movie crying like bloodshot red eyes i'm about to die crying as is to be expected when she's about to die a whole bunch um yeah. i mean she didn't <laughs> but like that i don't know also my uh other favorite thing is the fact they made her so fucking smart like, how she literally just breaks down Roman in front of him. Like, you fucking suck. You're so boring, dude. And then later, looking at Cassandra and just being like, analyzing everything about her. And then uh, the scene where uh, the guy calls her a dumb slut or something. Mm -hmm. And then she breaks her breaks his legs and just goes... I have a fucking PhD, which I'm like, yeah, everyone forgets that about Harley, huh? Mm -hmm. A lot of people be forgetting. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, lots of people be forgetting. I just love when heroes are, like, when the protagonist, I guess, let's be abundantly clear, the protagonist of a film is an intelligent person, but they don't necessarily just, like, wave that around every second. But when they do, like, when it comes out, you're like, Oh, fuck, yeah, that does make sense, because we did go through that whole fucking process wherein they explained this thing. Um, <laughs> like, wherein yeah. this made sense. And, like, it makes me feel good, um, because most, I don't know, what I have found is that the best kind of really intelligent person is really intelligent in the moments where it matters, and a regular human being the rest of the fucking time. <laughs> and also, a lot of people I know that, like, yes, have PhDs, are not functional human beings, which is also very apt, Charlie. <laughs> um. Oh, it is such a good way of putting it. Yes, that is so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because, like, so many of the smartest people I know are dumb as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I really wish we could talk about this movie for five hours. And we already almost have. Yeah, holy shit. We should probably talk about fan fiction, I guess. Please, God, yes. I figure JV, as our guest, does need to be the main event of the show. People are here to hear JV's good, good ideas. So, <laughs> Megan, would you like to begin or would you like me to begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, mine is, the <laughs> mine is, as typically is the case, the most bullshit. So I don't know if you want to get it out of the way quickly. I went first last week. You go first this week. <laughs> at which point <laughs> Megan just says, okay, so Zaz starts fucking the black mask which like i actually can i just one last thing about that i recall in the advertising prior to like in the the like interviews that came out prior to the movie coming out ewan mcgregor got apparently a little bit in trouble for saying that that he and chris messina had made the decision that the characters were gay and they were playing that way the entire time which I love that. Like, he got in trouble for saying that, but then we saw the movie and I'm like, no, that comes through and makes perfect sense, but also is 
wildly toxic, but also that's not surprising. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. it makes sense, and I see it. <laughs> also, quick, quick other note about him. I love the fact that one of his character traits is that he loves cultural appropriation. Oh, like, he, he's God. that he's he is, That is literally he's one of like his character every... traits. Is that he just, love so he just loves cultural appropriation. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, fan fiction. Go. Well, here's the thing. I have not written a fic, because I did that last week, and I have to say, I did not care for the experience. (laughs) (laughs) But what I have done instead for you, my friends, is provided a a curated experience for you to take part in. An abandoned funhouse in which you may roller skate and or beat the shit out of dudes and... (laughs) I'm here for it. I love this. I invite for you to come play in the space. And so the backstory for this idea comes from actually uh, how Scotty first invited me to come on this show. Aw, shit. Which was, uh, if you recall, you you texted me and you were like, hey, I'm reviving my show Fun Fiction. You want to be the co-host? And I was like, how how does that work? And you're like, well... We do, we do a fan fiction about properties and things. Like, we could do Birds of Prey. Would you, like, we would do a fan fiction about it. I'd be like, well, I don't know what I would do a fan fiction for for Birds of Prey. I don't know where to begin apart from, like, and then Huntress beat up more people, and everyone was like, it was very sexy. And... <laughs> 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 and uh, to which Scotty replied, oh, I guess like I would do something like Harley and everybody literally beats the shit out of the producers of Suicide Squad to make sure that it never <laughs> happened. And oh, uh, from there, it, dream. It, it, it spiraled out to us talking about, yep, that yeah, beats the shit out of the producers of Suicide Squad. And then also Jared Leto, like not the Joker, but just specifically Jared Leto beats him with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just beats him so badly that Will Smith, walking onto the set, sees the beating happening, turns around and goes, you know what, I will not be a part of this film experience, and instead goes <laughs> to make H2. Where he tells Kevin James, you are the new Hitch. And we learn that Hitch is actually a title that is passed on. Like it's the, like, like the Green like, Lantern. Oh, no, it's like fucking one for all. It's like fucking almighty. Oh yes. Smith is the all might of the Hitch universe. Oh, greetings, young Paul Blart. Allow me to teach you the hour, the skill of fuck for all. No. Eat my hair. You are Hitch now. No. <laughs> you have become. So that's that's not my thing, but um that's what inspired it. (laughs) That just sent you down a rabbit hole. (laughs) And and then I was like, yeah, okay, I'll come I'll I'll join the show. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I'll become part of this. Well with that as a as an idea. I understand. I can't. I. I don't know. Um. All right. I love how we though went from wanting to make a fanfic about 
Birds of Prey and ended with a Hitch Extended Universe fanfiction. You know what? The best fanfics involve a crossover. That's not true, but I'm just letting that I'm letting that sit there. Yeah. Um, no, totally. Yeah. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, what if we take things in a, a, a different sort of meta direction and the, the Birds of Prey gang, instead of literally wandering outside of the film universe in, into our world and beating the shit out of the producers of Suicide Squad, instead travel to different Batman film properties <laughs> and, and ruin them. Oh. <laughs> nice to meet you. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Basically. And so... I love it. I kind of just had sort of vague ideas, which is why it's a, it's a space for you guys to come in and play. I had thoughts. I didn't have a fan fiction. I had ideas. It, basically to the tune of Batman 1989. Well, the Jack Nicholson Joker is absolutely a dickhead. He's got to yeah. go. Um, where Where is... How did I write this? Jared Leto Joker is an instant baseball bat to the Naz because he's a hot topic edgelord. And Jack Nicholson Joker is an instant baseball bat to the Naz because he's an old-timey sexism pinch-you-on-the-butt dickhead. <laughs> Fuck. Yep, correct. You're right, and you should say it. <laughs> they would pop out into that universe, and Harley would come face-to-face with wrinkly Jack Nicholson Joker. It would take like two seconds of just, fuck, I haven't done a Jack Nicholson in forever. I should have oh, practiced no. it. I'm not prepared. I am terrified of a pitch perfect Jack Nicholson <laughs> coming out of your mouth. Like, I am terrified of that visual sight my human eyes would have to see if you, you know could I do a can't. good Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know it's not going to happen. Oh, good. I just want to see them uh, go into the end of Batman forever, and Harley's kind of into it, but everyone else is like, See, what that's what I had fuck is now, going I said, on? For, for Batman Forever, I can't speak for the rest of them, but you can't look me in the eye and tell me that Harley would not fucking party with those two dipshits and that they would not also be 100% yeah. down. They would be. They would be. Yeah. I will say, I would actually really love it if um if this was the moment where, uh what's her name? the uh, My other favorite movie is Batman and Robin, uh, which is, I yes, I know. I know. JV. We ain't gotta talk about it. I JV. know. I, I... It's a fun time. I never <laughs> said it was a good movie. I said it was my favorite because it's fun. It is a bullshit movie. And it's so fun to just put it on and just ignore everything at least in batman forever <laughs> riddler and two-face which upon upon rewatching, mm-hmm. are so obviously and wildly a couple yes correct mm-hmm. yes like, they, they have they have like three yeah. times the chemistry that like val kilmer and nicole kidman have in that movie god i forgot val's in that <laughs> i forgot val kilmer was batman I really did, and I, I'm upset that you made me remember that. You remember it. It's all the more impressive because Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones hated each other. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Didn't Jim, like, go up to him and then Tommy Lee Jones, like, stand up and look at him and say, like, I don't have time for any of your bullshit, <laughs> and then just, like, went back to eating? 
It's so much better than I don't have time for your bullshit. It's I cannot sanction your tomfoolery. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, God. Um, I, I wasn't ready for that. But here's the thing. Given Birds of Prey specifically, it would make logical sense if Alicia Silverstone decided this was going to be her moment to reprise her role as Batgirl, specifically so we could have an oracle, because we don't fucking have one, and that's a little weird for this. That's a little strange. She's sort of integral to this entire Birds of Prey thing existing, Um, which, which actually, that is my one issue with the movie, is that oracle is nowhere to be found. I know that's because they're attempting to generate a Batgirl film in that universe, which is why I guess they wouldn't have had access to that character specifically. Also, the Bat family is distracting as fuck, so that would have been complicated. But Oracle's very necessary. Otherwise, how do people know what the fuck's going on and where it's happening? It's true. So one of the things that could happen, because Robin in these movies sucks, because Chris O'Donnell's a little, he's he's kind of a tool. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know that he would try to hit on one of them, on Huntress or Black Canary or fucking one of them, and they would kick his ass. They, they yeah, would, probably. <laughs> but they all three would kick his ass. You they know, like would they... all kick his ass. And <laughs> every one of them. And Batgirl, Lisa Silverstone would absolutely take the opportunity to be like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And she would walk off with them. Exactly. <laughs> And but they would you get know Oracle. What, girl gang, let's go. Yes. <laughs> I just I just want to see them go into one of the Nolan Batman films. Because like at least the this the new DC and also the Tim Burton series slash Schumacher mm. are at least comic book adjacent. So I think they would step out in the like darker night and immediately be like, I think we're in the wrong universe. What the <laughs> fuck's going on? What happened to all of the color? <laughs> Where's all the color at? Wait, this isn't New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Ledger's Joker, but God, Harley would immediately be like, you're not Mr. J. You are not Mr. J. <laughs> yeah, like, who are, who are you? Because that was where the, I had a thing. Is that he would throw Harley for a loop because, like, at this point, she'd see clown, see clown, baseball mm-hmm. bat, and nads. Just instinct. But because he's, like, weird, nihilist, anarchy joker, like, he'd be into it. Like, we already oh, know, yeah. like, he, he giggles when, when, he get, when he get hit. When he gets punched in the face and is bleeding <laughs> from his mouth, he's like, <laughs> I like this. Yes. A trait of I've two individuals, the Joker and Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically the same person. Oh no. So I don't know how she would kind of handle that. So yeah. yeah, I do feel like they would kind of like probably poke their heads in and be like, next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, leaving. I did have an aside that was like, you know what? Then also, what if like they went into Shazam and everyone, because mm. that is canonically a part of the new, like, that is. that's part of the DCU, and everyone just kind of chilled. And, like, had a good time for a while. Because I feel like Cassandra would get along pretty well with, like, the foster kid gang from oh that movie. Oh, she would. Oh. And, oh, like, that makes me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I would love, like, if, if this point is them going into all of these films to make sure that they are the best film. 
is them eventually showing up in, like, Batman versus Superman during the courtroom piss scene and just being like, we're fucking good, and then leaving. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, mm, mm-mm. Nah, honey. <laughs> and then uh, for, for Justice League, I, I, I wrote down, I just want all of them to spend a few minutes objectifying Jason Momoa and then alternatively trying to figure out if Wonder Woman is into ladies. <laughs> yeah. give, give Renee Montoya the chance to shoot her shot. <laughs> oh, that was the one thing I really wanted to work in. There was just all of them hanging out with Wonder Woman for however long yeah. at a time. Specifically one so Black Canary could also get uh, more fight training because, again, that just, again, logically makes canonical sense. Uh, but, like... <laughs> I just, oh, I, I want it. <laughs> I want it. Plus, I know they'd be friends. It yeah. just, oh. At some point, like, Flash would also realize that he, he definitely belongs in the movie that they came from with all his, like, dumb oh, jokes. Yeah. Like, he doesn't belong in, in the oh, Justice League no. movie. They need, to, they need to drag him into Birds of Prey. He belongs they in that movie. He also deserves a better costume, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Like, yeah. I... I would fucking love if in this one, Huntress is the only person who is realizing that they're jumping into movies, not alternate universes. And she's just kind of going down her own path where she keeps hearing about this mysterious man named Snyder who's supposed to make this movie good. And she's going to go assassinate him (laughs) to stop him from making the movie good. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, it's no. like about, I keep hearing about a Snyder what cut. What is this mysterious <laughs> weapon, the Snyder <laughs> cut? <laughs> Teach oh, me no. this blade technique. I was never taught it. <laughs> God, that good, good homeschooled assassin. Jesus, fuck. We gotta keep going. We gotta just keep pushing past. Yes, yes we do. We did my thing. My thing is done. Yay! <laughs> Mine, well, luckily, you know me, I won't let anyone get a word. (laughs) Mine, uh, I realized, like, fuck, they did, they did the best Harley thing possible, and I didn't want to make you and McGregor fuck Zaz, and so then I thought, you know, I get Harley was, like, the most famous character to come out of Suicide Squad, but, man, why didn't, why weren't there more spinoffs from Suicide Squad? If you say Captain Boomerang, I'm going to be so fucking angry. <laughs> I'd be, I would be fucking delighted. <laughs> because he's credited in this movie for being in a in a picture, which I find really yes. funny. But they, that's, that's fine. No, uh, at that point in my head, these words popped up and I was forced to make it, which meant I was forced to make this good. And the title that came up was Killer Croc in His Barnyard Pals. And... <laughs> And JV has taken off their headphones in protest. (laughs) So I I I thought that and then said, well fuck, let's see what we can do. Jesus fuck. So it's before Sue (laughs) Just wait. Do you think do you think there are crocs at the barnyard, Scotty? In Louisiana, yes, I fucking do. Continue. Yeah. (laughs) So, this is basically Killer Croc's origin story, so it's pre-Suicide Squad, and the opening of the film is Croc in a therapist session. Uh, He's not a criminal yet, he just kind of gets bitey every once in a while, and so he's there for uh, anger management, and he's talking about his past, 
He's talking about uh, his childhood. His family abandoned him in a swamp. And then he gets abused by his aunt. I looked up a lot of shit about Killer Croc today, by the way. And there's he just discusses all of these years of pain. These years of mockery just due to the way his skin looks. Because he was born scaly as fuck. And then one day, in, in this, one day, I'm the Killer Croc. I realized that there's a way to make it all stop. Violence. <laughs> and then basically says, like, I love violence. I love hurting people who have hurt me. And so then the therapist is, of course, like, you know there's other ways to do this. You don't have to be violent to get what you want. And as it goes on, the therapist gets a little crazier. And then finally it's just like, do you want this all to stop? Do you want to be normal? And then Croc says, I don't hate who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of how I was created. I'm proud of my skin. I hate how the other people react to it. If you're if you're going to do that voice, you know, you ought to commit to it. <laughs> Croc's voiced by John Malkovich. <laughs> I was born a crocodile in the swamps of Louisiana. <laughs> Uh, so fucking upset. So. <laughs> I was born a poor abandoned crocodile. <laughs> uh, so the therapist looks at him and basically just goes full crazy. I can make you normal. I can make you perfect. And then Killer Croc passes the fuck out as a nurse inserts a syringe into his neck through the scales. And basically, this is like the OG Croc, who was just kind of a big scaly dude with some muscles, so there's nothing to him. And then it cuts back to the therapist, and he's got a wide grin on his face, and we pan down, and his name is Pig. It is Professor Pig. A motherfucker I didn't know existed yeah. until today, but then I said, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going with yeah, him. I'm going with him, uh, motherfucker. Now I, now I fucking hate you, too. <laughs> Oh, I see so, what you did. Mm. Yeah. Oh, this this is full body horror. I, I know who Professor Pig is. So we get a bunch of shots of Croc on the operating room. His scales are being scraped at. There's a mysterious fluid being fed into his body by an IV. And then eventually, like, we look at the room and it's way too fucking dirty for a medical procedure, but it's still happening. Oh, dear. There's cages filled with animals like pigs, bats, all sorts of people, and the walls are covered in dirt. And eventually Croc passes out, awakens in a cage. It's a real horror fucking opening for this film. And then he looks down at his hands, and it's still scaly, but it's starting to get green. Like a dark green. His fingernails are razor-like. He grunts as he sits up and accidentally bites his tongue and blood rushes from his mouth because he's got sharpened fangs now. And he bashes against the cage trying to escape. And then Pig just walks through, smiles at him and says, aren't you happy? I made you perfect. And then Croc just is like, motherfucker, pulls the bars of the cage. His muscles grow. And then he falls back in pain because he has a shock collar around his neck. And then Croc tries one more time to attack. Falls back as he is electrocuted into complacency. Pig and his unknown associates leave. And then Croc is just fucking pissed. He sits up, he screams, and then he finally calms. He looks around and he sees the other cages. And in those cages, he can tell they used to be human, but they are far beyond what he currently is. Things looking like werewolves, glowing tanks of water that have like piranha boys 
bird persons and uh, like it's not just criminals there's also a leader of a small mesopotamian country that has been turned into a llama oh dear this is the emperor's new groove you son of a bitch oh you <laughs> motherfucker i forgot god damn it you son of a bitch <laughs> we, we get a tease of croc going a little bit bestial gnashing against the cage growling and then finally a voice pipes up and this one may actually be john malkovich and he's just like would you please keep it down? I'm trying to read. He looks over, and he sees a massive bird cage with a silhouette hanging inside of it, upside down. After a bit of teasing, we reveal that it's motherfucking man bat. Thank it. you, Jesus. I knew, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do it, and I'm happy you did, because I've, yep. I've wanted to see man bat that thing for a while for no actual good reason. I just want to see it. We don't need a good reason. So uh, he's also been mutated in this laboratory, which has been nicknamed, say it with me, the barnyard. <laughs> Man, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> And then he basically explains all the backstory. Croc asks what's wrong with the other people, and he explains that there's nothing wrong. They've just given in to the new DNA they've been spliced with. They've given in to who they are. And then the most ominous line is he goes, assumedly, one day we will too. And then Croc just says, but I'm a human. Sure, Man Bat just kind of laughs, goes back to his book. Croc asks what he's doing because he's never learned to read, and now it's zero in fucking holes i guess uh man bat teaches killer croc how to read this is nothing and then eventually like th through their conversations we find out man bat was one of pig's partners originally but he was also his first experiment and basically he says my intelligence is the only reason i haven't gone feral yet and he's kind of villainous. He talks about how much he hates humanity. He talks about our sentient nature being the only thing preventing us from truly living. He says that things make sense in the animal kingdom, not in the real world. His parents probably got shot or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> God uh, damn it. <laughs> first, uh, first half of the story is going to be basically like prison escape mix meets so much body horror. And during this, we get introduced to more members of the barnyard, including fucking Cheetah, who is basically Cheetah. She's a criminal who was brought in, worked as an experiment, turned into a Cheetah woman. I'm upset. Basically, like, <laughs> the judge was like, hey, uh, <laughs> science or jail? And she still's like, I should have took the jail. And mm. then also motherfucking King Shark, baby! I was waiting. I was fucking waiting for you to say King Shark. Honestly, if you hadn't said King Shark, I would actually have told you to go back and rewrite this shit. How the fuck dare you forget about one of the easiest ones to work into this bitch? How dare you? Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Shark's history is he was originally a prince on the island of Samoa, and he was actually a lot like Croc, born with a genetic deformity, but also that deformity led to a deadly disease. And his parents sought numerous experimental procedures to cure him, and it got him trapped in the barnyard. Uh, one night, Croc and Manbat go to Pig's quarters to find out if there's any way to reverse their condition, or Croc basically tries to. And then they find Pig on a call with the U.S. military. Pig is working as a free agent, trying to generate super soldiers for them, mindless animals of war, with only one thing on their mind, violence. But due to Pig's fucking craziness... The military wants to cut ties, and they tell Pig to end things, or they will. And Pig flat out refuses. Boom! Military assault hits the base. 
our four heroes escape, but not before we see the military motherfucking murking all the animalian humans, including a few that were still more human than Beast. Um, like, I don't fucking Zebra Man, he sucks. Uh, like, That's Zebra Man, like, <laughs> yeah, like, and the characters grew attached to him, and they grew attached to Zebra Man, and then he gets killed in Croc's eyes, and then Croc goes a little feral attacks a few members of the military, and boom, they fight their way out, getting uh, past the military, and Croc nearly goes too far until Man-Bat reads him a story and calms him down. Sun's getting real low, big guy. <laughs> so, military's now seeking out the barnyard crew, desperate to wipe out the final dregs of Pig's experiments, but we also see that after this assault, Pig is also still alive, and driven past the brink of madness, he reaches for an IV and shoves it into his arm, and this is a fucking body horror scene, as we see his face distort and change, his teeth growing and sharpening, all of it taking place in the shadows. Creepy as fuck. Mm -hmm. Meantime, our heroes think they're free, then they try to walk the streets, and basically the hatred that Croc grew up with is now changed into fear. The police arrive and try to engage in a shootout, and Croc nearly goes feral again until Man-Bat saves him. Uh, Cheetah rushes them to her hideout, and they think they're safe until they realize that King Shark still has his collar, and it's beeping. Croc rips it off of Shark, breaks it in two, but it's too late. The military descend on them, and we get an epic fight that ends with them escaping into the sewers where Croc thinks it's pretty fucking nice. They escape to the surface, and around them, they just see a bunch of flipped cars and fire, and beyond the cars they can see the police, but the police can't get into this area. Fucking final boss time. And then they get up, and then motherfucking Professor Pig, having gone full bore, rushes and shoots a car towards them. He is now a massive pig-like beast, tusks shooting from his face. It's You remember at the end of Arkham Asylum when the Joker became a giant, scary muscle man? It's what I did to Professor Pig. So, uh, epic battle between Pig and uh, the Barnyard crew, during which Man-Bat actually goes feral. Of everyone, Man-Bat finally goes feral, turns on Croc, and claws into his skin and flies up in the air. Man-Bat tells Croc, embrace your true nature, embrace who you are, and let's go, and sends him flying to the earth, where he falls in a heap. Embrace who you are. (laughs) Embrace your nature. This is symbolism for who you... (laughs) Who you think you need to be. So, like, sequel is definitely Croc versus Man-Bat. I feel like I'm gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) Croc uh, nearly goes feral, violently ripping apart this pig, but he calms down the last moment, probably because of, like, some shit Man-Bat read to him a long time ago. I don't know. But unfortunately, the lapse in judgment gives the police enough time to triangulate on them and place Croc in specially made shackles. Cheetah and King Shark have enough time to escape, but unfortunately, Croc has a firing squad trained at his head. And he is about to die when a young Amanda Waller comes from behind the police officers and demand that Croc be placed in her custody as a possible agent of Task Force X. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Also, this whole time, there has been, like, a villainous military leader, and uh, he, he looks at Waller like, fuck... Look at him. No, absolutely not. But she pulls rank because she's a bad bitch and demands it. And then Croc is placed in Bell Reeve to await the plot of Suicide Squad. Do you think she ever said to him, Hey, Killer Croc, we gotta go back to the barnyard? 
No, I've I've cut that for Amanda Waller. No, you don't do Amanda Waller like that. How dare you, sir? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat, and it sounds like it's a post-credit scene, motherfucker! You son of a bitch. Okay, fine. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Military villain guy is in his office, and he's just looking through the files of all the shit Professor Pig had done. All of the beasts, all the animals, bullet holes strewn through them, but he also sees the strength of King Shark, the intelligence of Man-Bat, the sheer power of Killer Croc, and then we pan out to see an IV bag filled with that same dark green fluid that infected all of Pig's creations. And at that point, he cuts a generic villain monologue about how beneficial Pig would have been if it wasn't for his own madness. His, His skills were great before he takes the needle and jabs it into his own arm and injects it. Within moments, he falls to the ground in pain and one last fucking body horror scene of him morphing, his voice growing deep, raspy, his hair growing long as he grows fangs, and the camera pans away from him to the nameplate on his desk, which reads, General Grodd. You as his voice turns you into the cry of a gorilla. I had a feeling. I had a feeling because he was the only one who we hadn't mentioned. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. <laughs> because this whole time I'm sitting here thinking, there is not a goddamn way that Grodd was left off of this fucking list. There's <laughs> no fucking way. There we are. Well done. Yeah. That's a great way to work that in. No, it was actually a genu- inspired. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Fuck you. Now well we've got done. two sequels. We've got the Man Bad <laughs> sequel and we have the General Grodd sequel. God damn it. When, when you had said, why aren't there more things like Birds of Prey, I thought you were going to give us like fun Killer Croc glitter Lisa Frank like adventure. No. Nope. I was like, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm here for it. But no, Cronenberg Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote that real high on energy drinks at eight o'clock in the morning. Holy shit, Scotty! Fair enough. I was Damn. just like, how do I make this work? Body horror. Let's go. That checks out. So JV, what have you done? What crimes have you committed? So here's the thing. I have written superhero things before. See, entire show named Red Wing, we're not going to talk about it, but that thing exists. Now, whenever I approach writing a new thing, I ask myself a couple questions, and they're all, they always begin with a very simple two words. What if? Now, that's where I'm going to take us on a little journey here. We're going to go down a what if journey for a couple Is people. it a journey, Smollett? Yes, it is. So, so what if we really heavily leaned into the fact that Journey Smollett is a black woman? Let's just make sure that that's fully there. This whole story wouldn't make sense if that wasn't the case, which would then also generally implicate that her mom was also a black woman, also a black woman who worked for the police, which is a weird thing, specifically for this story. Now, what if... At a certain point, her mother, the lovely Dinah Drake, I'm presuming that was what her name was. I don't know, could be fucking wrong. Oh, but Dinah's that was it. such a good name. It is, isn't it? And I was trying to think of what, like, what a different version of that name could possibly be, given that 
There's no exact reason that Dinah Drake would have only had one actual child. Um, so, what if at a certain point, Dinah Drake had another kid? With the same power, but a little bit different, because, uh, the other parent was also a metahuman, I guess, so that's what I'm throwing in there. Whatever, that's fine. Why not? Yeah. And what if that child was named Donnie? Donnie Drake. There we go. These two children are kept rather far apart for a bit of time. Don't know that the other one exists just for a while, mainly because I guess at some point in time, uh, Donna Drake's just going to be dead lying in the street and the cops are going to be nowhere to be found. Anyway, motherfuck. Well, that was in, that was a line. That was a line that we had. Um, And I will (laughs) say, uh, Mm -hmm. I I love, quick, I, I loved the fact that her power both was a surprise and also not a surprise at all. Because if you pay attention to the dialogue, mm-hmm. there's so much shit hint- hinting at it, but it also comes out of nowhere. It works on both levels. Mm-hmm. I also love that she's screaming it outside of multiple women's mouths. Side note, uh, just it out of the mouth of a giant, like, head of a woman. Um, oh! And also just out of I her own face. About- yeah also because that whole actual tunnel also really does look like a throat and the lights the way the lights are working in that is they're sort of going outward oh the wow the design of that scene is beautiful anyway that's all i had to say on that it's point really it's really well thought out all, all of right? the fucking the set design all of the fucking shot it's just a really fucking well shot movie <laughs> guys Agreed. i think this is a good movie we're discussing this it movie. is Uh, So this is about a year after the events of this movie. The Birds of Prey have been operating for a while. For the sake of this story, Renee Montoya is not around. I don't know where Renee Montoya is. She's on vacation. She deserved a fucking vacation, okay? (laughs) That's where the fuck she is at this point That's actually, that's a very Birds of Prey way of writing her off, which is she's on vacation. Fuck off. That's why she's gone. (laughs) It's like, she's on fucking vacation. (laughs) Bitch deserves, okay? She's been through some shit. Gay singles cruise. All right? Yes, that is exactly (laughs) where she is. She's on a gay singles cruise. And during this time that she is away, a tragedy occurs. Um, And this tragedy sparks a revolution in Gotham. Think back to, think back, listeners, to the events of June of this year. Now, that is happening in Gotham specifically, right now. Fuck, that was this year, shit. That was, wasn't it? Isn't that fucking insane? Anyway, yeah. It's been a year. (laughs) So, the events of that are basically happening in Gotham. And during this, Donnie Drake is uh, wet on a date. And suffice to say, that date didn't end great, um, particularly when Donnie suddenly discovered that he had this wild scream that he didn't know that he had, which is caught on video, which is then shown to Dinah Lance, who is like, the fuck? Who? I'm going to go find that child. Because sister! Help, sister! <laughs> because help, like, this child is going to need help, as one would imagine. So so were they, like, parent trapped? No, they're not. They're actually not close in age. Like, one of them is, I, I don't know. I don't actually know how old she was supposed to be in this movie. Um, I was going 30, but that doesn't necessarily make sense. I was just going with it. So we get a scene with... Um, the two of them together, where they ask each other, so what happens when 
you scream at these people other than you know physically knocking them back and like possibly destroying eardrums and making people breed from their brain their brain up which is god i the one of the only things i liked about arrow slash i watched all of arrow so i liked a lot of it clearly but like one of the things that i liked (laughs) that they made black siren do at one point was just a gentle whisper directly in someone's ear which scrambled their entire brain Jesus. Fucking rules. Right? I was like, it's brutal, but accurate to what would happen if somebody with a sonic scream was right next to your ear and did that just a special little, special little whisper just for you. Um, (laughs) It's dark as fuck, but hey, it happens. That being said, I've adjusted the canary cry just a little bit. What if instead of the origin of the canary cry being that her mom volunteered to be tested on by the government? Mm. I don't... That's a that's the most wild bullshit origin story for that power that, like, just doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. But, like, that's in, in canon. That is apparently where it comes from. Also, apparently, the, like, chemicals that they got for that came from an alien of some kind. I don't know. That's weird. And that's weird and bullshit to me. I don't know shit about Black Canary, so that's... <laughs> yeah, that's the first uh, not time many people that. do, but also that's because her backstory is wildly weird and just has been weird since she existed. But like in this particular case, the other reason that it was important to me that she was a black woman living in America is that when she screams, it is not simply her screaming. It is the cry of every oppressed group that she is a, that she has ever been a part of. All of the dead, all of the people who died during various points in history, all of the screams of anybody who had ever been assaulted, all of the pain that anybody had ever felt from being oppressed, all of that is in that scream. That scream is just a conduit for human suffering. It's like Ghost Rider, but not dumb. Exactly. Fuck yeah. yeah. So while doing the scream, the reason that Like, there are two reasons that it would make logical sense that she passed out immediately after doing it. One, oxygen. (laughs) Just lack of oxygen. But it was only, like, 18 seconds, which is not long enough for someone to just lose oxygen. It would also make sense that there's a little bit of uh, psychic damage there, which also is a reason that she doesn't tend to use it very often to its, like, Well, also, she would be out of practice as well, I would assume. Yeah. And even at this point, where she is still practiced, she still tries to use it less, like, it's it's a thing that is a thing only when it is necessary to use it. Because otherwise, it's honestly just very bullshit and can be used too often, and it's very <laughs> strong, and, like, just, oh, can wreck Superman immediately, which I also just really appreciate that she can kill Superman, because that's just, of course she can. Yeah. <laughs> So they both describe the feeling of the scream and the fact that they see some of the people that they are screaming for, which all goes to them deciding what side of this revolution they're going to be on, which is a little complicated given that both of them have like interesting relationships to the police. Donnie specifically doesn't have a complicated relationship with the police. Fuck the police as far as Donnie is concerned. Donnie says, A-cab, baby! <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> While also being like, oh, apparently I guess my mom was a cop. I don't know. Whatever. That doesn't matter. <laughs> she abandoned me anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> she, she abandoned my ass anyway. Fuck that. But for Canary, it's a little bit different. 
One, because, I mean, Renee, like, Renee worked for the police for such a long time. Admittedly, also, Renee probably is also saying, fuck the police at this particular moment in time. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) nonetheless, that sort of thing of, like, having been law enforcement doesn't necessarily leave you super easily and quickly, as is evident by everybody with support the fucking police signs just all over the place, despite the fact that, fun fact in America, the police don't actually have to help you. They're not obligated to help you at all. It is not written into anything anywhere that they have to help you. Just, that's fucked, and it's really a problem for me, but fine. They're there to help property. So... Extending that fiction is going from that point. Also, Huntress is around and she absolutely is a school teacher at this point because she needs a day job. Well, she doesn't need a day job. She's fucking wealthy as shit. But she has a day job regardless. And that day job is as a high school teacher rather than an elementary school teacher, which she normally is in various comics. She's a high school teacher. Oh, she would be like the weird chemistry teacher too, wouldn't she? I made her the history teacher. I don't know why, I just wanted to do it. Which is, I guess, a good pivot to to say a very simple thing. Which is, I have started writing this thing. This <gasps> thing is going to be a thing. This thing is going to be an audio drama. I am writing it oh, now. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> we is... tricked all you listeners. You just listened to an hour-long commercial. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Like> you. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm I'm really excited about it. They're going to be facing a very specific villain who is going to be familiar to anybody who knows Batman, but I've made some fucking alterations. Ooh, I've made some alterations. Well, you've told me and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> it's it's very good. The general questions it's going to ask are um how important is it that we use our voices for good and how do we use our voices for good? Like, how do we actually engage those things? And also, behind all of the things that we are, that we are fighting against, what are the actual little shadows and demons behind those things that are causing the world to be a pile of dog shit? What are all of those things? And who's manipulating the puppets? Does it have a name yet? It did briefly, but I'm changing it a little bit. And I also don't know that I fully want to reveal it because one of the title, like one of the the words in it is going to be a giant hint as to who they're fighting. And I don't know that I want to spoil it yet. Oh. Birds of Prey is definitely the main title of it, though. Oh, all right. Fine. Yeah. I, I was just trying to b- publicity advertise. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's also, like, <laughs> like, what's like, your ep- what's your thing called? It's like, not gonna fuck. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking tell you. <laughs> at this point, it's like a year out from actually even being like from being done at all. Oh, all right, fair enough. No, it sounds rad as fuck. It's gonna be very exciting. Revolution in Gotham, bitches! Yeah, I- I'm really excited. This is sort of my foray back into audio fiction after um, finishing Red Wing, and I'm really proud to do something superhero-y again and with characters i enjoy sorry i'm looking up german uh german dc villains for the bop to fight because i really want to make a show called blitzkrieg bop (laughs) oh no (laughs) actually there is baron blitzkrieg which holy shit dc but also (laughs) let me know what you find I also could easily work at them fighting Nazis. That, uh, that episode has to be called Blitzkrieg Bop. You know that, right? It has to be called Blitzkrieg Bop. Well, 
JV, where can people find you on the internet? I am Baron Blitzkrieg now. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at red, black, golden, black is spelt kind of fancy because I'm a fancy black, B-L-A-Q-U-E. And I'm just going to breeze through that joke because it makes me uncomfortable every time I do it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I was on something recently and they cut that, that joke out and it made me sad. But also I was like, I understand why y'all did that, but it was funny. (laughs) I don't know. The hosts were white. And I was like, I can see why you did this. I can see why it's awkward for y'all. But also, I can vouch for that joke being fucked up but funny. So here we are. Um, <laughs> B-L-A-Q-U-E is the simple way to do that. Um, <laughs> trying to go back to it. Giving us a good place to cut if we need to. Well, I no. I could edit this and I go, hmm, as a white person, how do I feel about this? This, jo- this, this racy joke that JV made. How do I feel about this ethnocentric humor? It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> um but yeah that's where i am if you do check out my tiktok kindly know that the reason i am cooking those things in a microwave is because i do not have a stove anyway that's all the context for that will make perfect sense if you've ever seen my tiktok go ahead that's a great plug actually because now i want to go to the tiktok and see what microwave sins you've done it's true Oh, no. No sins. They've all been great. Though I think I might have taught people how to make weed brownies on accident. It's fine. Which is funny for me because I actually am allergic to weed, but I did, I think, teach people how to do that on a TikTok one time. It's fine. And that's me. (laughs) How are you allergic to weed? Okay, well, we will finish this conversation post-show, but until next week, actually, what are we doing next week, Megan? Because... Um, we 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 fuck, we're gonna right. have a guest, but also they haven't gotten back to us. So, uh, we're gonna talk about the uh, fuck me. Um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh God, <laughs> I love that movie too. Because I actually did legitimately as a as a thirteen year old write fan fiction. <gasps> Um, because that was what everyone was doing, is they were doing their own modern AUs, where they wrote their own league for their own little favorite characters, and I totally did do that. (laughs) Honestly, that makes perfect sense. I technically did that too, but we we shall not speak of what I previously have written. Um, Oh yeah, no, we're we're not not speaking of that. I believe my first fanfiction was the Ninja Turtles fighting a snowman. Meanwhile, y'all having this extraordinary shit happen? <laughs> well, until then, where can people find you on the internet, Megan? Uh, they can find me in in a fun house, beating the shit out of random men. Accurate. <laughs> Otherwise, d- doing classic literature podcasts about about books, ding-dongs at onalitclass.com, on Twitter at onalitclasspod, or if just me talking about uh lately my horrible horrible mysterious stomach illness if you want fun updates about that at meg underscore danger megan <laughs> swallowed the bertinelli diamond <laughs> I and, did, and it's been causing issues it's it's not passing well <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at scotty mo s-c-o-t-t-y-e mo check out the ava nominated mini adventures of sammy magic 
When this comes up, we will have done our series finale, which was supposed to go up today. But then I just got lazy. So it's coming out tomorrow, but it'll be... Wait, not tomorrow, because this is in the future. Yes, this is... It's already out. Yeah, this is in, like, November. (laughs) And you can find... And you can find that and all the other programming at a load of pure BS dot com. Bring the colander. <laughs> Thank you to Best Day for our theme song. It's good. If you mm. like it, you can hear more of his music at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or on Spotify or other places where music happens just by going Best Day. Where are you, Best Day? Just go outside and scream that. You'll find Best it. Best Day! Yeah, music. And you can, uh, of course, always support the show either by picking up some fun fiction merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com or more importantly, donate to our Patreon. It supports the entire BS network full of products at patreon.com slash a load of BS. And you get access to exclusive content and you get access to our Discord where we do some buckwild shit. We've done virtual trips to Disney World. We watch wrestling. We watch the fucking really bad haunted mansion movie we do a lot of stuff and the only way to get access is at patreon.com slash load of bs you uh you gonna take those pigtails out i'm not gonna lie i've kind of been working them like to a point where they're more harley-ish and i'm starting to feel it starting to feel these big fluffy dang things on the side of my head They very much hurt. I will say that. <laughs> they are very painful. Oh, dear. Oh, darling. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. And as the show goes off the air. Shibling. Oh, this is oh no. I've made a critical error. <laughs> but there wouldn't be nothing. Oh, my God. Without fun fiction. There you go. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.